The wall crawler, Pete Parker the nerd. Spidey talk of the town, villains often berserk. So Pete, F daily, I don't smoke the Mary Jane. Words of Gwen Stacy, in school I was very plain. But I was a smart alley, a wise cracker. Swinging through the high rafters with sly laughter. Sweat slinger, sling rhymes and I'm dropping. My job's a problem, I need green like the goblin. So I'm all seeing like apples, villains on the loose. Gosh, what a shocker. But still my web game's proper. All over the internet, still a mic rocker. Book from venues, that's how I get them. Sold out shows, that's how I sell them. Even Mysterio with the bowl on his melon could have put on a show like when I switch in the venom. Even now, CD sales, I still bring them in. J. Jonah Jameson keeps pocket jingling. Keep the head of shit, cause it's just one single thing. Shit hits the fan, Spidey sense tingling. Got black cat attached to my dingling. Cause with the claws, mama, you gon' cause drama. From my nose, inspired with attacks. Vultures and hunters can lie on their backs. I'm flying, I'll fight to Cairo and back. Find me swinging in the <laughs> You gotta love spider rap. This is episode 142 for July 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And they have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example for this episode is on Ultimate Spider-Man number 1, Volume 3. Well, I think it's Volume 3 at this point. I've lost track. Anyway, this one features the debut of the new Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe. Is it Ben Riley? Is he African-American? Is it even a dude? Who knows? What we do know is that the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome, Crawl Spacers, to the July edition, 2011, of the Crawl Space Podcast. Let's, we've got the full panel here. We haven't had this since the late 70s, right? Uh, <laughs> we've got Kevin from the Crawl Space webcomic and the Jeff Johns Podcast and uh, everything else under the sun. What, what else you got cooking? Uh, well, right now I'm broadcasting to you from uh, a crappy apartment in nice. Hollywood with no electricity and no AC. Um, oh, hell, son. <laughs> Why? So it's, it's a good time because uh, my school doesn't give a shit, apparently. Well, they don't provide air conditioning or is it broke? Uh, broke. It was broke when I moved in two oh. weeks ago. We put in a couple maintenance requests and nothing's happened. And then Thursday, the room above us, the bathroom flooded. Oh, which hell. apparently, like, flooded our circuits, and the electricity is off in every room but the kitchen. Is that where you're broadcasting from, the kitchen in a shitty apartment? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so now, not only do we have air conditioning, we don't have the fan in the main room, because there's no electricity to power it. Poor guy. Oh, <laughs> oh the <laughs> life of an time, aspiring huh? actor, my God. Yeah. yeah, when they say starving artists, they aren't really joking. You're a sweating artist, if anything. Yeah. yeah, at least I'm probably, I think I'm sweating off a lot of weight out here. Man, man. And we have Zach from SpideyDude.com, soon to be relaunched. Do we have a relaunch date? Um, August 15th is going to be the, is going to be a launch date. Just the reason it. why I pushed, <laughs> no, I pushed it back for a reason. Yeah. Uh, we had some, uh, technical issues with, um, with the transfer from the, to the new, the new servers and stuff like that. Um, also, we were wanting to get a, enough content built up and get the buffer up, so that way we got plenty of updates. What's a little scoop you can give the listeners? What are we going to see on the site? Uh, well, well, what I will confirm is that there will be uh, updates three times a week. Okay. Uh, possibly a fourth update a week as well, but right now we're shooting definitely for three. Um, there's going to be a spinoff side podcast that will be... Um, 
launching on Mondays, and I don't want to give the name away because uh, I'm trying to save that for a little bit later. But definitely excited for it. Uh, by the time the show is uh, on in August for the fifth anniversary, the site should be up. So we're really, really excited. Cool. Zach, I think you should push that uh, date back to September so you can relaunch SpideyDude.com with a new number one of the rest <laughs> of DC Universe. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I set my head, I reset my head counter to, to one and, and uh, go from there. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, and we have Stella from the Batgirl to Oracle podcast. And Stella, I have some news for you. Okay. I ordered Batgirl number one. Oh, wow. I did. That way you and I can talk Batgirl. There we go. That that'll be. Are fun. you impressed? I never. I never thought I'd order that. I but am. I'm, so. I'm intrigued by how she's going to be able to walk. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they have done. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I, I uh, put something on your Facebook wall. I thought I was wondering if you're going to buy it. Yvonne Craig's. I I don't have that <laughs> much money. Yvonne Craig's original Batgirl costume is uh, being auctioned off. It's up to starting bid two thousand dollars. So, yeah, not going to be able to get it, huh? <laughs> yeah, not in but the budget. for San Diego, she can, uh, she can make her own Batgirl. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. And we have Mr. Michael Bailey, who just returned from a con, a comic book convention, that is. What did you yep. pick up, sir? Um, I picked up some Batman books that I have been wanting, including the first, first appearance of Jason Todd. What number is that? Uh, uh, Batman 357, which, mm-hmm. if you look at the cover, you would not be able to tell that this is the first appearance of Jason Todd, um, <laughs> because it was kind of buried in the in the middle of the story. Yeah. And just some other Batman books as well. Uh, my friend Garrett, who also listens to the show, gave me uh, Marvel had like this uh, limited edition club years ago. Oh, I remember it was called Foom. No, this was a it was a collecting club where you got statues and stuff. And oh. my friend Garrett just gave me a Punisher statue. Oh, that's cool. Um, so he's in a trench coat with guns. It's, it's kind of cool looking. I, I, I don't remember I'm, that. But uh, I remember that in the '90s they tried to uh, start up revive Foom and they called it Wham Wild Agents of Marvel. I remember Wham. You remember Wham? <laughs> with Wake George me up Michael before you go go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me hanging on like a solo. Oh, there you the, go. <laughs> the big, the big question is: Is can you name the other guy from Wham? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even I believe they like to call him that guy. Even exactly. Google said you're screwed. <laughs> any, and any, he gave uh, me. Go ahead. Also gave me a 30th anniversary Spider-Man button for you. So uh, I have those actually. I remember those. They came on like a little white board, and there were like four of them, and and they came out with tons of those. I remember. All right, and who, Jr. We haven't introduced you, Jr. What's new this summer? What have you been doing? Uh, Still well, coaching? Is that right? Oh God, no! I'm not coaching. You're not coaching, this year. Spencer. No, 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 no. But I guess you know. Actually, I think the real reason that Zach is withholding information about his upcoming podcast is because he knows if he says what it's about, that Bailey will go ahead, trademark it, and then come out with a podcast <laughs> named that and uh, just add it to his veritable cornucopia of, uh, of podcasts. So that's what no, I'm but I will, be anu- I will be announcing something next month. My God. Are you doing another podcast? I cannot confirm nor deny that, sir. It's called, <laughs> oh, my it's, gosh. It's called From Clones to Crisis is what it's called. <laughs> I usually just assume Bailey's doing another podcast. Oh, God. 
Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, that's the panel. I'm so happy you all are together. Hopefully for our anniversary show next month we can be back together. And take a live callers, Kevin. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Your enthusiasm is... Yeah, simmer down now, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to explode. All right, what's spider-related news we starting off this month? Might as well hit up. Since DC is covering, uh, taking all the headlines, Marvel had a little bit of uh, headlines with the death of Spider-Man from the Ultimate Universe, if you consider it. Uh, there are so many people that came up to me and said, what, Spider-Man died? I'm like, no, it's just the Ultimate Universe. It doesn't matter. Oh, so the amazing still... So, the, But Spider-Man's dead. I'm like, no, he's just... And it's so hard to explain who the ultimate comic Spider-Man is. <laughs> Has that happened to you guys too? Yes. <laughs> it's not happened to me because I don't talk to anybody but you guys about that. <laughs> Zach has no friends. Uh, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, anyway, uh, here's what happened. Uh, the book was released in June. Or what, what, do you remember the release date? It was in June sometime. And uh, on a Wednesday and on a Tuesday, Marvel released all the information, the plot of how he's going to die, to the various news medias like uh, USA Today, the Associated Press. And um, Arun uh, from Marvel explained um, why they do that, why they released uh, – the plot info to the media outlets. And Runa says, quote, first and foremost, the goal of any mainstream media push like this is to help retailers increase sales and get new fans into the stores. Uh, Spider-Man's news all over the world from U.S. to India to Japan. It's a big story, etc. So what do you guys think of Marvel releasing? Well, granted, it's called the death of Spider-Man. So I guess you kind of yeah. assume that he's dying, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people are making a bit too much out of. Um... The whole spoiler thing is okay. They, if you read the headline, it says Spider-Man dies. Well, if you read the title of the story, it says that too. And if you don't want to know the details, don't read the effing article. <laughs> it's pretty simple. It, with other deaths, it's different. When they spoil the death of like the Human Torch or Captain America, and you don't know that's coming, that's one thing. But when the story is titled "The Death of Spider-Man," yeah. give me a break. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like Bruce Willis going on to the night show and saying, you know what, this new movie I got coming out called The Sixth Sense is coming out. I'm a ghost at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much essentially that. I mean, it, is it because movies have a bigger audience that they don't need to do that and comics have a small audience? Partially, it, sure. What do you think? JR, well, you, well you, don't, you hate the Ultimate Universe. You don't give a shit, but... <laughs> What do you think of Marvel spoiling the end of their book? Well, I was reading the uh, the PR guy's uh, horseshit explanation, <laughs> and uh, I love it. You know, you know, he talks. You know, I I, I guess though I should uh, I guess I should cut him some slack. I mean, after all, you know, blowing you know big stories like you know the death of Captain America or Peter Parker revealing that he's Spider Man. I mean, it really has helped the industry in the long run. I mean, after all, how many comics now are selling over a hundred thousand a month? Oh, wait a minute, they're not. Uh, in fact, fewer are selling over a hundred thousand a month than have been in some time. So I guess. This idea that they need to do it because it helps increase sales and brings more fans into the industry, I guess that's not been working so well, has it? So when it's something's not working so well, that only leaves one thing to do, just keep doing it. And, um, you know, 
So that's pretty well my spin on it. You yeah. want to know what my big issue with this story was? The fact that it went to comic retailers only and didn't go to any of the chain stores. Didn't go any bookstores, didn't go any it, it was only released to comic stores. That's it. Mm-hmm. So wait, you wait, could, wait, no, wait, wait. The the Death of Spider Man book? You know, one sixty was only released to That's the not market. true because I, I saw it at Books a Million. Okay. Well, I thought because I, I swore when they announced that they were polybagging it, it was going to be at the retailers only. No, I, I was I, in Books a Million like two weeks ago, uh-huh. and there was uh, I was looking through the comics because I'm like, holy crap, there's comics here, and uh, <laughs> there was a big stack of it, and I saw this this uh, kid who looked about to be about 12 years old looking at it, mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't know anything about this, but I saw it on the TV, so and he took it off, so. It was kind of funny. Did, nice. Bailey, did DC do this with Superman's death in the 90s? Superman, they announced Superman's death in September of 1992. Uh, and the book came out on November 18th. So they had announced it ahead of time that this was going to happen. Uh, and as Mark Wade said on the, one of the Superman documentaries, as it happened, nothing else in the world happened that day. So it made, like, huge news. And it built up the um, the buzz around the book, but they did not release like the final page, uh, you know, the, the day before it came out. So, yeah. Do you think the biggest fault of them is releasing that last page? I mean, the death of Superman is kind of obvious he's going to die. The death of Spider Man is kind of obvious he's going to die. But they didn't. Oh, oh, I remember DC just showing the flag on like a staff. Yeah, I. I mean, I think his was- costume on a on a flag. It was a big mistake. I mean, I I think it's kind of upsetting that Marvel's marketing department wants to chase headlines so much that they're going to – I mean, okay, it's a story called The Death of Spider-Man. We've known about this for months, uh, so maybe it is kind of, you know – Good, kind of a good idea to try to get the outside world in. But at the same time, releasing artwork from the issue and the final page and everything, I mean, there are people who just like to read their books and want to see it at, after they buy it. They don't want to be majorly spoiled on on something like that, even though you kind of know it's coming. There's a difference between knowing that it's coming down, down the pike and actually seeing how it plays out. Yeah, that's true. Stella, what do you think of spoilers a day before the book gets released. Yeah, I guess it's and and within that article, I was kind of spoiled that Bucky dies, which is sad because I'm not reading Fear itself, so I was saddened at this. But uh, I agree with Kevin, you know that the thing says it all. But you also wonder, wasn't there a Spider-Man? No, it was Batman. R.I.P. You know, there's always you never really think that they're actually going to die. To so to find out that they're going to die. Is is still you know a bit of a, a spoiler there, but I guess I'm more upset with the fact that they keep killing things off yeah. or people, not really things. But <clears throat> I mean that's the only way that apparently they think they can make money is by killing people off. Yeah, death well, sells. Death does sell, but you know the Human Torch is going to be back. As far as the Ultimate Universe, they've killed off. How many people have they killed off? That Ultimatum killed off. Magneto How many people has Leb alone killed off. Yeah, <laughs> didn't they kill off Magneto? Like, uh, Charles yeah. Xavier. Didn't they kill off Wolverine? Fantastic Four and the X Men. Now Wolverine's uh, in on the cover of the new Ultimate X Men, so he's no, got to still be no, around. No, he's not. 
Wolverine's dead. They, Wolverine. Yeah. If if you look at Ultimate X, that's Wolverine's kid. So I bet okay. you oh. Wolverine's kid's on the front of that new. Yes. Okay, well, whoever it is is wearing a classic Marvel Universe Wolverine costume. <laughs> I guarantee it's his kid <laughs> from Mutant X or what? What was that thing with Art yeah, Adams? It's it called Ultimate X. Ultimate X. That I guarantee that's that character. Yeah, because um, uh, wasn't it Frank Cho that was drawing that book, or or who was? It? Who was Art, Art Adams? Art Adams. Yeah, yeah it never came out on time. People forgot about it. Yeah. yeah, they just finally got out the last issue after about two years, I think. And apparently, the yeah. whole thing was just team building for a book that's now never going to happen because they're <laughs> rebooting the universe. Yeah. And the the only two people on the panel that bought the book are Kevin and myself, and and. Uh, Jr., you gave up on the Ultimate Universe how long ago? <laughs> oh, after the after the Hobgoblin story arc. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Zach, you don't really read it either. I do. Um, oh, it's you did? just at my it's at my LCS. I haven't had. Chance oh, you haven't. Oh, you still get every issue of Ultimate. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I, I did that. drop the book briefly when it was in Let's Make Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends Ultimized. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Um, especially with the crappy artwork, but no, I came back for Bagley. And Michael, you buy read it in trades, if I remember correctly. Uh, I haven't been following it lately, um, yeah. but I just I really can't get into it anymore, just because I'm a little annoyed that they kept renumbering it. Uh, you know, I'm bad enough. I have to put up with that at DC. What was the analogy that you use on the Ultimate Universe about McDonald's? Oh, uh, yeah, re- reading reading Ultimate Spider-Man is like going to McDonald's for lunch. You you do get food from it and it <laughs> does taste somewhat it does taste good and you 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 you're not hungry anymore, but afterwards you feel like something was missing and that you really didn't get a full substantial meal out of it. So. <laughs> Very true. And Stella, have you ever read the Ultimate Spider-Man book? No, I had a desire to write when it started uh, way back when and then when it started number one again, but I just ended up not not doing it. Well, Kev, what do you think? They 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 pretty much killed him, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a – but I, I, I kind of like the way he went out. I, granted, I hate the Goblin Hulk, but mm. I thought he was very heroic um, and saving uh, Aunt May and saying, yeah. I, I mean, I, if Spider-Man's got to die, this is a line that I like about how I couldn't save Uncle Ben, but Aunt May, I saved you. Yeah, that was good. I, I thought um, it was heroic. It was good artwork. What did you think of it, man? Well, I just, I only, um, I mean, I used to follow Ultimate Spider-Man. I've read the entire, I read the entire first volume in trade, but I hadn't read anything since they relaunched it with a new number one with David LaFuente and his amazing friends and football head. Um <laughs> But I went ahead and picked up this issue because I am going to be picking up the new stuff. And I just kind of wanted to see how it played out. You know, it's a big event. But I felt like I should have really picked up the whole arc because once I picked up this issue, it was like, man, I forgot how how little Bendis puts into an issue. <laughs> this well, was, he's been bleeding for three months. This was one <laughs> scene, and it was a, months, yeah. this entire issue was one scene, and it was a quick read. It was pretty much uh, Spider-Man's limping around, explosion, dead. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but, well, I mean, and it was it was well done. The art was good. Um, you know, Bagley on Ultimate Spider-Man is is always going to be a good thing. I don't care who you are. Um, 
I, I honestly, and I know I'm one of the few people in the world, uh, do not mind Ultimate Goblin. I really God, don't. I hate it. I hate uh, it. I, I, I like uh, kind of a different <clears throat> twist on it that they did for the Ultimate Universe. I see where he was coming from with it. It's not perfect, uh, but I think it, I, I don't have a problem with it. I thought it was a bit stupid that, oh, he's powered up by fire. <laughs> from the Human Torch, not, yeah. He was never powered by fire. He can generate fire. He's not made of fire or anything. That was, <laughs> that was a little bit stupid. But um, now, I, I did like to at the end. Uh, you know, this is a, even if you've been spoiled, this is another spoiler. <laughs> this is like the last panel. Um, they they end on Norman's supposedly dead body smirking. Now you see, I looked at that. I looked at those three panels for the longest time. And I don't see the smirk. I don't see a facial expression change in any of the last three panels. It's very slight. I looked at it for a while myself because at first I'm like, is there any difference there? And but if you look at it, yeah, there's from it's a three panel thing, and from the top to the bottom, a little bit of a smirk develops. So Norman is still alive. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So I, for my I just money, whoever the Spider-Man is going to be, who I have no idea, but their priority one should be take out Norman Osborn. Priority two should be take out Punisher hard. <laughs> yeah. For shooting uh, Spider-Man, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. one thing I did did like about this whole the whole premise of this story and everything, even though I've been spoiled and I've not read the story, is that there's a lot of symmetry to it. You have not only the Aunt, him saving Aunt May, but he his first major battle was with the with the Green Goblin, and now his final major battles with the Green Goblin. So it's it all kind of brings everything to a to a whole and satisfying conclusion. Unless and he- you know. Any guesstimates of who could be the new Spider-Man? I've seen rumors of an African-American Spider-Man, etc. <laughs> well, especially not having read this past volume, I have no idea. But I, I tell you what, this last issue sure didn't give anything away. No. I mean, it's not going to be yeah, the only like male around him, or the only men around him, were pretty much Human Torch and Iceman, and those guys are both going to be in the Ultimate X-Men cast. I, I wouldn't I, expect I, either of them to be a Spider-Man anyway. No. I think if it's going to be uh, an African-American Spider-Man, it's going to be Spider-Wing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Written uh, by Judd Winnick is that who did that? Written by Judd Winnick, and it's going to take place. Uh, and you know, he's the Spider-Man of Africa because that makes sense. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, it could be a, it, if you're going to do an African American Spider-Man, just make it Ben Riley. Here, here's another question: Can Spider-Man survive without Peter Parker? Uh, main 16, 616 Spider-Man, not a friggin' chance. Ultimate Spider-Man, it'll be interesting to see. I think this, I think the Ultimate Universe <clears throat> is a perfect place to, to do this. And, and it's had the intended effect on me. I mean, I haven't been following the Ultimate right. Universe in a while. I've never, besides Ultimate Spider-Man and Mark Miller's original Ultimates and Ultimates 2, I've never picked up any of the Ultimate what Universe. What is it about the idea of a Spider-Man without Peter Parker that interests you? It's just so new. You know, it's it's something that really is different. You can, you know, say that this is a, you know, hip, rebooted version of Spider-Man and Ultimate, but it's still Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever this is going to be, this is going to be actually fresh. It's going to be actually different. And historically, when I look at Ben Riley and uh, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, I have, I have very much enjoyed different people under that mask for, you know, variations. Yeah. Um, so... I honestly, I hate to say this, but I would have been more interested if somebody besides Bendis was doing it. <laughs> um, because, I mean, he's just been doing this. For, he's been doing this for 160 issues. So it's not going to be as fresh as it could be with the same guy still doing it. But I'm interested to see who they're going to come up with, who they're going to surround him with, what the differences are going to be. And to be perfectly honest, this is just an aesthetic thing, but I dig that freaking costume. 
That new costume looks awesome. Yeah. Well, it looks like um, Spider-Sense uh, costume from the 90s t- uh, cartoon mixed with the Alex Ross design. <laughs> yeah. Bam! It looks to me a lot like it's it's got a lot of inspiration from uh, 2099, which has always been a favorite of mine. Yeah. Jer, what do you think of Spider-Man without Peter Parker? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be here pulling a Bailey until you guys move on to another topic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's oh, well that's okay, Jr. I just figured we interrupted you from your nap. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> that that and my and that and the fact that I'm generally apathetic, uh, oh, just like one of our critics stated. So <laughs> we go on Bailey. That if I if I understand DC just a little bit, it, they have a little bit more legacy with their characters. Like mm-hmm. they <clears throat> like multiple people can take up the Green Lantern ring or the Flash, etc. Yeah, that, but but is that's that's the legacy thing with Spider Man. It's no, because Spider-Man isn't a legacy character. The reason why Flash and, and Green Lantern are legacy characters is because there was a different guy in the Golden Age and a different guy in the Silver Age, and then they had two others come in the more modern age. Uh, Spider-Man has been Peter Parker consistently since he was created in 1962. So to have, I mean, it basically, it works- if I understand legacy, it's passing to another generation. Exactly, and Could this not be that example. He's passing it on. Uh, someone's taking up the metal, the mantle of Spider-Man. Yeah, but he's taking up the mantle of the Spider-Man. Like, how much time has gone by in the Ultimate <laughs> Universe? Like a year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it works within the confines of the Ultimate Universe because apparently the stated, the mission statement for Ultimatum was to make it completely different. Uh, from the Marvel Universe, which is apparently what it was always supposed to be. Of course, I was under the impression that it was supposed to be continuity-free stories starring characters that appear in hit, hit movies. Um, so the new DCU. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> let, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Can we avoid it? Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen any message board questions about it, so maybe we can. <laughs> a, that is impressive. i got to give you that. Wow. But, but no, I think uh, if I can interject, um, I, I'd say he's not a legacy character in general. But as long as you have uh, a Peter Parker around, you know, in the regular universe, if we have something, if we have something different somewhere else, that's that's icing on the cake. That's just gravy. You know, you can't replace the actual guy. But as long as he's there, you can do whatever you want anywhere else. Well, it goes that old adage of of what they can try to do with the Ultimate Universe, and that there are no rules. Yeah. Uh, let's do a quick round the panel. Who's picking it up? Zach, yay or nay? Yay. Kevin, yay or nay? Yay. Bailey? Nay. I know JR's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> and Steph. Hell nay. Nay. And I'm going to pick it up. So we've got three to three. Wow. Hmm. And are you guys picking up just the new Ultimate Spider-Man or the rest of it? I'm just picking up Ultimate and Ultimate uh, Ultimate Ultimates. Is that it? what's the Ult- name of the Comics Ultimates? Hmm. Ultimate Comics Ultimates. Just on the sheer fact of that great title alone. <laughs> Real no, quick. I'm actually picking up all the all the new books. I'm I'm interested to see a whole. I'm really interested to see what Nick Spencer will do with his own brand new X Men concept because Spencer's a really good creative young writer. And I figure if all else I've got to pick up is Ultimates to get the whole universe, then why the hell not? Here's an an irony that I don't think Marvel realized. They're releasing an Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon coming up. 
If kids see it on television, then they run to their store and they pick up Ultimate Spider-Man. What are they going to find? It's not even going to be Peter Parker. Who the hell? Where the hell's Peter Parker? Anyway. Well, and am I wrong, or isn't Nick Fury going to be a big part of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon? But I believe Nick Fury is now dead in the Ultimate Universe. Did he die? Hey, uh, yeah, no, he died at the end. Said of, uh, an Ultimate 160. <laughs> he died. I did not know that. I didn't know that. I thought, I thought he went over to the Supreme Power Universe. He oh, did. he came back when for the uh, around the town of Ultimatum with the re. Oh, okay. Okay. I can't keep up. I can't do up. thing with the Supreme Power Universe, so he was just kind of languishing. I'm with Jr. We're moving on. <laughs> no, 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 I was about to say, isn't it a good thing that the Ultimate Universe is fulfilling its objective of being uh, an easy jumping on point, and that there's no convoluted continuity to follow with the Ultimate Universe? The, the isn't that wonderful? The jumping <laughs> off point is where you jump off a bridge because you can't take it. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Call me Gwen Stacy. Uh, let's see. <laughs> That'll be awkward. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to Tennessee for this one. Um, Rutherford County, Tennessee. A man, an anonymous donor. You know what? I'm assuming it's a man. It could be a woman, too. Has given 12,626 vintage comic books to Goodwill. Uh, Estimated value is $42,000. They are categorized and preserved in Myler sleeves with backing boards. Some of the comics date back to 1962 with Superman, Batman, and Vampirella. What an odd combination. Uh, <laughs> walk into a vault. Uh, I'll take a Bloody Mary, a Kryptonite Cola, a, a Thwip Test. Never mind, I'm sorry. Oh, I had the beginning damn. of a joke there, did you notice? And then just fell off the rails. Uh, <laughs> and he had a whole bunch of Star Wars comics from Marvel, uh, etc. And the Goodwill sold more than 160 of the books so far. And it'll take four months for them all to be listed and sold. I don't know if they're selling eBay, etc. What do you think of this guy? Is good for him. I agree. Good night. Nice for him get raising money for the goodwill, etc. Well, and and then you know, far too many times we see so many negative things in. Uh, in the news, so something really positive like this coming out of the news related to comics, I think that's I think that's a great thing. It's yeah, I agree. Um, I, I I wonder if you know I, I it makes me wonder what we're doing with our comics when we get older, which is what I think basically boils down to what this topic is about. What do we do with the comics? Do we pass them on to our kids? Do we sell them to Goodwill? What do we do? <laughs> well, it's going to be a matter of how much money do I need at the time. <laughs> do I do I you sell them for personal man? profit? Yeah, do I sell them for personal profit because I'm totally broke and need to eat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do I have kids to give them to? Do I just give them to the goodwill? God only knows. The question is, do the kids want them? I mean, Jr. What what do you think? Does Spencer want your comics when you're an old man? You know, that's interesting that you raise that because I'm in yeah. the midst right now of uh, debating on liquidating um, some of my um, Star Trek stuff uh, for various reasons. One, because I could use the money, obviously. Two, my daughter's starting college next year. You know, I'm not that far from 50 years old, and uh, is we need to downsize. And it's like, why am I holding on to some of this stuff? <laughs> I mean, so, uh, I, you know, I... I 
you know, yeah, I think all of the above. I mean, after a while, I mean, even if Spencer would to, would get some of it, you know, for example, I mean, like my baseball cards, for example, they won't mean anything to him. I mean, they, they won't mean anything to him. He never, one, he never met his grandfather, mm. you know, so the, the, Cub connection, Chicago Cub connection between me and my father is completely lost on him. Uh, kids don't feel the same way about baseball. Uh, he doesn't feel the same way about class. I mean, you know, the classic Star Trek cast is dying off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he won't have any feelings t- about them, really. Uh, the Spider-Man stuff is kind of that one I'm kind of holding on to because I think he might still be somewhat interested in that. Right. Uh, but... Uh, but but yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, as a lot of us are starting to get older, you know, we're, we realize now we're not going to have this we're not going to have this mega mansion that we always thought we would have, where we could display mm-hmm. each and you know. Right. I I remember laboring under years for the delusion that one day I was going to be rich and I was going to have room to display <laughs> all this stuff proudly, you know. And now all I re, you know now I realize that probably the older I get, the closer I'll be in into living in a, like what Kevin's accommodations are now, and uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> so I, won't have, I won't have any room for this stuff so why not get rid yeah. of them now and try the only thing is getting back to the original question i wonder how much money they're really going to get for this stuff because i think a lot of people are you know between the economic issues that everybody's having lately and the fact that a lot of us are kind of reaching these same conclusions you know there's going to be a lot of this stuff coming out on the market you know so how, how much is this stuff really going to fetch so and, and I, w- I was contemplating because, uh, as you probably know, Joplin, Missouri was hit by a tornado. And I, I'm insured, but I, I would probably at this point in my life, if all my comics were destroyed, I would probably just take the check and basically just have the memories of what I would, what I know of Spider-Man and um, get the new stuff. But I don't think I would painstakingly go back and get every single comic that was destroyed, etc. Mm. I mean... You can easily get the essential stuff. I really need to research. This is kind of a morbid topic, but (laughs) I would take the money and run. Kind of like, what is it? Uh, This is the song of the story about Bobby Sue. (laughs) That's something. Come on. Steve Miller Band. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Two young lovers with nothing better to do. I I think I speak for the rest of us when I say, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) The name of the song is Take the Money and Run. I can't. I'm with you, Brad. Nobody else is there. Okay, okay. I'm there now. Of all people who sing in the podcast, I do it the least, and Bailey's busting balls right now. Well, you know, I think even though even though it is morbid, I think it's yeah. a valid question because, you know, all of us are not getting any younger. And, you know, we thought – I think in a way we thought we wouldn't get this old. You know, we thought we, we, thought we would have – when we bought this stuff, yeah. we bought it with the idea of having and holding on to it forever because it really meant something to us at the time, you know. And we, we just didn't think about being, you know – 50 years old and and having other priorities and um you know really it's 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 kind of a logical question because all of us at some stage are going to be asking these very same questions what what do i do with this stuff and how much of it do i really need yeah so well the thing is are we going to be 80 year old men on ebay selling this stuff nickel and diamond it (laughs) or are we going to go to goodwill and say here you go it just depends on how it really depends on 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 how much you want to deal with it i mean i'm yeah. i'm really at the point where there are certain portions of my comic collection that i could just freaking put on the 
you know, the sidewalk, well, we don't have sidewalks, but put on the road and say, hey, anybody who wants this can come get it. Because there is a question of room. There's a question of, there's really a question of how much of an addiction it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'll fully admit that I have kind of an addictive personality. Thankfully, I've never gotten addicted to drugs or alcohol. But I have a family history of that kind of thing, and oh boy, am I addicted to comic books. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have a loving wife who has supported my dumb ass and enabled me. Let's see where we can go with this one. I, I saw that on the greeting card when I was looking for anniversary cards. I, to my wife who supports my dumb ass. <laughs> um, that would kind of be the perfect one. Yeah. I mean, it. it I just think that. Uh, I'm hitting that point kind of like with Jr. Mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, w- what am I hanging on to this stuff for? I mean, I've got, I've got a, a, an entire, like one of those big totes you get from Home Depot or, um, Lowe's or something full of nothing but Superman related DC direct figures. And I started thinking about the sheer amount of money I've spent on that, how it's really not gotten me anywhere in life. And I'm like, God, I'm just going to let my kids freaking play with this when we finally start having them. Yeah. Stella, we haven't heard from you. What do you think of where do we pass our junk to? <laughs> where, do we, where? Where, where? What do we do with our stuff when we're old? Yeah, I mean. You know, that's an issue that's kind of come up in my family because, you know, what, what happens with all of my mother's antiques? And, you know, there, there are a lot. And, and, you know, we don't really like to discuss it in front of her because it's like hurtful. I mean, she, she gets like sad about it and she wants to give it to us, but at the same time, I don't have room for that when, you know, whenever that's going to happen. So what do you do with these things? And, you know, I've started giving, comics away that i may have enjoyed it right you know when i first bought them but then i look at them like metamorpho year one i mean after i collected that you know six (laughs) issue miniseries i'm like why did i even get this so i'm getting rid of things that i don't like but i'm keeping things that are really special to me um i mean it depends on yeah if you marry well um well as in your spouse is accepting of your lifestyle, which hopefully he or she is. Um, but, you know, perhaps I have less of an issue than, than you guys because I only have two long boxes where That's I know. Really? Well, yeah. Where I know, you know, you're you experiencing that like with moving stuff. too. Yeah. So I, which is a hassle because the more stuff you have, the more space you need, the more like frustrating and stressful it is to move. So I try to keep it all, you know, packed down, but. It, yeah, it, it's it's tough. It's and tough. I, I just um, bought two more long boxes, so I'm up to 62 long boxes. Wow. And Good do you Lord. have a separate room, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm in it okay. right now. I, I, it's my whole office. One whole wall is just nothing but long boxes. So, <coughs> and, and I've got like um, probably 300 books that need to be filed. So I'm with Bailey. I have a problem. <laughs> Well, for my part, kind of like Stella with the moving, I'll admit I've I've got about nine long boxes that are across the country, and I can't even get to them. Mm. And I couldn't bring them out here with me. And from now to the, you know, I just had a three-week break, but from now until my time here is done, I've only got a couple of one-week breaks. So I'm I'm wondering if it's even worth it to still own that stuff, or if I should just pass it off to one of those WeeBay for you services next time I'm in Louisville because I can't even get to it. Um. One, I would suggest not doing that right now, Kevin. 
because, or if you do, be very careful in what you decide just to get rid of, because there may come a point where you're settled again, and you're like, damn, I wish I hadn't done that. No, and I get that, but part of it's too right now. It's <laughs> it's just taking up a lot of space at my dad's house that even he can't really afford. My brother might be moving back there after a while, and we don't know where he's going to go in the house. How many? We're talking nine, ten long boxes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, nine, ten, yeah. eleven, something like that. Yeah. So it's like taking up a whole closet and part of a floor, and then I have a like you, I have probably probably a similar number, probably around three hundred that aren't yeah. filed away anywhere yet, yeah. just sitting around the room. Here, let's let's compare our long box numbers, <laughs> Michael. How, yeah. many do you, how many do you have? Guestimate, Mister Bailey. Hey, I hit the mute button. Um, <laughs> I thought I, no, I thought you went to go count. <laughs> no, I I think I have over seventy short boxes. Okay. And about six long boxes, and a, you know those those boxes that cases of paper come in. I've got about mm. five or six of those. Oh, wow. And this is what I mean by I have an illness. <laughs> How many are a whole? I never bought short boxes. How many are, can be housed in those? Uh, well, depending on if it's bagged and boarded, probably 130, 140. Okay. If you really pack that crap tight, which kids at home don't do. Yeah, don't pack, <laughs> don't pack your crap tight. Otherwise, God. living in an apartment like Kevin where it's draining on the guy below. The great thing about short boxes is that you I can know. make them into furniture. Like <laughs> you just set four of those bad boys up, two, you know, like eight at a time. You've got a nice little end table. Uh, uh, point, when I was single, my friend... A buddy of mine would come over and just hang out until... He use it as a bed? Yes. He would lay <laughs> boxes and kind of nap while I was getting ready. So it was kind of fun. <laughs> Your long box works as a bed. I love it. You don't have to fat just... Okay, okay, okay Bailey, that, that's not called collecting. It's called hoarding. That point. <laughs> no, it's because I am physically able to go get this crap out of here. <laughs> I, I really... Yeah. Well, Bailey, I, I mean, when, we're, when we're 80 and 90, we won't be. We're going to rely on the kids to do it. Well, that's why I'm hoping to have crap taken care of before that. <laughs> uh, Zach, how many long boxes, sir? I think I have five short boxes. I don't have very many. I don't have any long boxes. Long boxes are a hassle to me. Okay. And JR? Uh, 16 long boxes. Wow. And do you guys keep them all together? Are they over different areas of the house or what? Like mine are all in one room. Um, storage. Oh. Mine are strewn all over the freaking house right now. It's bugging the crap out of me because I have a monk-like anal retentiveness when it comes to keeping comics in order. And Some dude's sleeping on them right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, all the image books are serving as an entertainment center right now. Um, I can take the weight of the TV. <laughs> that was by far one of the favorite uh, moments. My God. There's a dude sleeping on my long side. <laughs> That's not like a hobo with a shotgun was like. God, I'm loose. Oh, all right. Let's move on before we die and have to give away our comics. Ah, <laughs> uh, next. Yeah, we haven't topic. a book yet. Good lord. We haven't what? We haven't even reviewed a book yet. We're like an hour in. <laughs> we only have one book. True. Well, let's do it. Kevin's clamoring for the damn book. Um, Not really. <laughs> using Spider-Man 664, written by Mr. Slot. Uh, he had some help, didn't he? Yeah. Mr. Uh, H wrote uh, part of H. it, too. 
And Gillespie, wait a minute, Giuseppe, Cam, uh, Camuncali <laughs> on pencils. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the Image Entertainment Center, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you gotta do something with those foil covers. Oh my god. Hey, move issue number four of Youngblood to the left. The TV's off center. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, review uh, review of the book. <laughs> Anti-Venom's in it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mr. Negative's in it. And um, <laughs> oh, hell. Zach, what'd you think of it? <laughs> I'm gonna give this, uh, I wanna give this issue a D. Okay. Uh, good loving. No, no, you know, I'm gonna, my grade, I'm gonna give it a C minus. My biggest problem. Two minutes? Is, what happened? <laughs> well, I, I, there's some things I liked. There okay, some, I got you. <laughs> the fact that Carly Cooper was doing something useful, um, that was nice. Uh, like the fact that we didn't have this uh, mystery of who is the Wraith go on for, oh, I don't know, three years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like some other mysteries <clears throat> that the uh, illustrious Dan Slott has done so yeah, far. Yeah, see the Mr. Negative series for the full story on who is the Wraith. <laughs> 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 not even written by, by, by Slott. It's written by uh, Gage. <sighs> ah, All part of our who gives a rat's ass imprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey, if you make uh, me laugh one more time, I'm going to say Hey, Bailey, isn't that known as image anyway? Oh, my God. So a C, for what's, was, there was a pro, Carly was... Carly used, was doing something useful. Uh, the, the biggest thing that annoyed the hell out of me in this right. book was the artwork. Yeah. Aunt Bay looks like she's, like, a descendant of the Crypt Keeper. Seriously. The, 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 the panel, Aunt May. Oh, okay. The panel you where Aunt that May... That, no, he's, he's dead on. <laughs> <laughs> the panel for Aunt May finds out that, oh no, Martin Lee is Mr. Negative. Oh, by the way, uh, you found that out last issue when you had your 65th or 6th heart attack. <laughs> uh, way to have continuity between your own books, Dan. Yeah. Um, the other thing that annoyed me greatly was, looks, in the last issue, Antivenom is looking like he's fixing to, you know, eat Spider-Man's brains. <laughs> <laughs> and then the dialogue in this issue is completely different. Yeah, he wants to he wants to be his buddy. He wants to be his friend. He wants to yeah. prove to Spider Man that he's a good guy. When he really crazy. hates Spider Man, if we go <laughs> by what Eddie Car- Brock's character is. No, no, no. We don't go by past characterizations anymore, Brad. I guess. <laughs> That's continuity is a noose. Remember that. Man. So C out of you, Zach, right? D minus. C minus. It's going down again. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> I will return to you, Zach, after we go around the bend, and you'll give it an A. <laughs> Kevin, you're great, sir. Oh, I'm 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 trying not to be too hard on this issue, but I, I do feel like it was a bit of a horse turd. Um, <laughs> it was just it was kind of it was just kind of there and kind of dumb, yep. like. Like, this should have been sort of an event, almost, you know? It's the return of Antivenom and the big exposure of Mr. Negative after, what, four years? And, uh, you know, we got Gene DeWolf 
teases, and we got Mysterio involvement, and we got Carly hearing something about Spider-Man, and it was just kind of dull. So, um, yeah, I think it probably has to do with, again, we've got Dan Slott plotting, and then somebody else, and then the artist doing the breakdowns, and then somebody else actually scripting the thing, which is just not a really good way to uh, write a comic book. So it, it came out rather bland. The dialogue wasn't that good. And and the whole thing was just sort of played as, eh, here we are, and, and here's a comic before we get to Spider Island. Um, and, and yeah, the characterization of Eddie Brock was terrible. Um, I got, like, a page of this Captain Watanabe, who is now a vigilante police captain, which should be a bigger thing than it is. Uh, all of a sudden, Carly, who I thought was like a CSI, is apparently like an investigative reporter, uh, you know, out there with her binoculars and shit. Um, it was just all around not that good, and the the art was, was serviceable. It wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was again mostly like Crypt the story. Keeper Aunt May. Um, but he again, is. Aunt May is kind of older than the Crypt Keeper, so I, <laughs> <laughs> she certainly had more heart attacks. So what, what do you think about the Watanabe? I mean, that was it. Almost seemed like it was too obvious that it was her. Mm, oh, I, yeah, we predicted that. that last month. I mean, I mean, who else could it be? I don't. There wasn't any suspects with the. I will with say, the thank God that it wasn't actually Gene DeWolf because that would have yeah. caused people to burn their comics. I think the, one of the best parts of the Hobgoblin mystery was it could be any bastard. It could be Flash Thompson. It could be Ned Leeds. It could be uh, Rod, Roderick Kingsley. Who could it be with this chick? Hmm. <laughs> Watch yeah, it, like everything else, it was just kind of there. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've got to give this a. It was such a flat issue. I'm giving it a flat C, right mm. in the middle. Okay. Uh, let's see, Jr. What'd you think, buddy? Well, I, uh, in returning to the uh, long boxes furniture motif, uh, <laughs> I can for some reason for some reason now the thought enters my mind of Bailey yelling to his wife across the room, "Honey, I've got to go to the bathroom." She goes, "Do you need a short box or a long box?" And Bailey goes, "Well, I just had Mexican, so you better give me the long box." <laughs> yeah. So bring me Liefelds. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the toilet paper. Exactly. Uh, but uh, as as far as the um, the storyline here, I, I didn't think it was that bad, but it was certainly a lot less than I would hope hoped it would have been. Uh, it's nice to have a little, you know, a little two parter, and I guess the, the the fact that the mystery, the quote unquote mystery of the identity of the wraith, wasn't that uh, it wasn't that much of a mystery. But then again, I'm not so sure it was really planned to be. I mean, it was one of those they set it up in the first issue; it's going to be revealed in the second. So I don't know that it was really planned on being some kind of guess who this character is type thing. But unfortunately, the whole story feels like it's a rush to get somewhere else. You know, I mean, this is like a speed bump to get to Spider Island or whatever the 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 result of the revelations after Spider Island. And this is, uh, you know, just a, like I said, a speed bump along the way. Um, Eddie Brock and Annie Venom is is kind of bad this issue. I mean, his, his all, he reminds me of some little kid going, "Do you like me now? Do you like me now, huh?" And if I go and do this, will you like me then? You know, that's that's kind of what Eddie seems like this issue. Um, and what then the whole to, thing with huh? what happened to the Eddie Brock where he took Spider Man to an island to kill him. Well, and what he happened? Was happy to when the, he saw a skull with a mask on it. 
Well, and, and even then, the uh, the psychopath that uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa yeah. so uh, vividly detailed in that, uh, you know, right bef- uh, during the at the black, back in black, where he's mm-hmm. this you know weak, emaciated, dying figure who's you know pathetically blaming the whole world for his problem, you know, like any good psychopath blaming yeah. you know everybody else for his problems but him. But yeah, now he's almost like a a, des- a puppy dog desperate for affection. So yeah, this this really isn't the Eddie Brock that. A lot of people have come to know and love, uh, which is another reason why, for people like me, the character just doesn't work because nope. they can't get a, they can't get a beat on <laughs> what this character is. Nope. So they, I mean, they've taken away his costume and replaced him with one, and they've replaced the character with a totally different type of I don't know I don't know what that character is. Yeah, I mean it's the, it's the whole attra- the whole attraction of Venom to me is he's the opposite of Spider Man. And I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't and, get it. You know, and and also the thing with Carly doing her uh, super, you know, her uh, her super secret investigating. It's almost like it's you know, Marvel is sitting around saying, okay, folks, we gotta have Carly do something really smart, so mm-hmm. people will think she's perfect for Peter. Because those idiots out, idiot readers out there just aren't getting it. What do we gotta do to make them love Carly? <laughs> uh, you know, and that's what this seems like. I, uh, I would love it if they kill her. No. <laughs> well, you know, and, and then, I mean, and I'm thinking, you know, like, again, like we've all said, there are just no, there's no spark in this relationship whatsoever. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of go, moving, going uh, against the grain on this one, but I kind of like the police captain as a potential romantic interest for spider-man i mean you know we had the you know back you know years ago gene kind of had a thing for <clears> spider-man and you know and now captain watambi is this closet vigilante character or whatever and you know i don't know i mean and she likes spider-man you know i guess only in a professional sense now but i almost see something you know worth exploring there you know, to be honest, and I don't see anything worth explore, exploring no. with Carl. And, mm-hmm. and and here again at the end where Peter says, okay, I'll tell you the truth. I just make his tech, you know, which is the same, which is just a variation of the lie he used to tell years ago. Oh, wow, I take pictures of Spider-Man and we have some agreement. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to do something different with this relationship and make this, if you want to make this relationship interesting, which you failed to do so far, Marvel, have him tell her the truth. Have him tell her the absolute truth and then let them deal with the fallout. But no, I mean, it's, it's same story, different girl. You know, well, again, if they did that, you'd, she'd still be in the Mary Jane role and they, they think by having the lie to your girlfriend, they create tension is what I would imagine their canned answer what? would be. Oh yeah, that's, stopped, that's, but it stopped generating real tension 500 issues ago. <laughs> I mean, it's played out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and here she is. She's so smart that she can figure out the, who the Wraith is, you know. But, you know, the whole Spider-Man thing is staring in her face and she can't figure that out. Unless it's the psychic blind spot again. But wait a minute. Is the psychic blind spot still working or not? You know? <laughs> which, which we don't know. Um, What's your grade? Oh, oh, hell. And I was just getting started. But anyway... Oh. <laughs> Now the only thing is, again, I, I I'm I'm glad to see that they didn't do with the captain. They didn't at least by I don't know if she's gone for good or if she's just gone for a while. But at least I hate to see her go because she's probably the only woman right now or one of the few women in the One More Day Spider Verse who isn't stupid or psychotic. But anyway, <laughs> overall I'll be overall I'll give this a C. Okay, Stella, what do you think? Um. Okay, 
literally, I just read it, so okay. here we go. The pro, you know, I'm going to go against uh, Zach, aka Spuddy Dude, and say that I actually enjoyed the art. I thought that it was well done. I thought it was cleaner than we've seen in the past, so I liked it. And I also liked that we finally know about Martin uh, Lee. Mm-hmm. So that that's great that we've been tagged along for multiple years and we finally know. The cons. Spider-Man taking so long to get out of webbing. I guess I can understand that it's sticky, but I feel like a lot of time was wasted. And then, of course, he's thrown over Venom's shoulder like a sack of potatoes, and that just did not seem like it was something that would happen. Um, I thought, you know, Venom was kind of whiny, just, you know, constantly going over the fact that, oh, you don't trust me, you don't trust me, but you trust all these other people that you uh, partner up with. And I was a little confused. Uh, what happened at the end? Uh, why is Lee chained in Chinatown and his minions are outside, but they're not helping him because he can't change and why he can't change? I don't know exactly what happened. Did anyone? They're uh, they're keeping him in hiding so that way uh, the, the Martin Lee persona is now officially dead with him being outed, and so they're keeping him chained up until he turns into Mister Negative again. And when he says, "I am Mister Negative," then they let him out. But shouldn't That's he weird. be captured? Because I mean, Spider Man made this huge hit, and and now all of a sudden he can't. I mean, I don't understand how he was not arrested. I don't get that either, actually. Do you guys? You go with complete police incompetence. Why? Why? Why are his minions against him? Did they? Coo- well, his they, minions aren't coo- against him. His minions are against Martin Lee. Apparently, I don't. I didn't read the Mister Negative miniseries, so I can't speak <laughs> I to this for I don't sure. Understand it. But it seems like it seems like the uh, change between Lee and Negative is involuntary, and as long as he's Lee, they don't care who the fuck he is. And when they're just waiting for him to turn back to Mister Negative and be their leader again. Well, here's something I don't understand. I mean, and this is, are Lee and Mr. Negative truly different personalities? I mean, I don't know. And, uh, and I, again, I did not read the Mr. Negative miniseries. Uh, you know, are they, is, is Lee, is Lee evil? I mean, is, is Martin Lee a bad guy or is it just Mr. Negative who's the bad guy? I don't, and hide, and, yeah. I don't understand any of this. And I never understood where any of this was going. And, you know, that's why it's, that's why in a way it's just, you know, it's it's a very unfulfilling res- resolution, if that's what this is, to this particular character. And it's a hundred plus issues of Mr. Lee, yeah, in and out of it. Uh, Stella, what's your grade? What you think? Uh, B, B minus. Okay, gotcha. And Mr. Bailey, what do you think, sir? Um, like Stella, I just read it before coming on to the show as well, and um, I, I would say the. Uh, Pro is, sorry, my wife just came in and distracted the hell out of me. Oh. Um, <laughs> she moved your long box? <laughs> no, no. That's the what operative, she said. The operative, what, the operative question is exactly what or what not was she wearing when she distracted? Anyway. She was wearing uh, that new uh, American Glory uh, lingerie. Um, <laughs> I would say pro that I, that I just in, in general enjoyed the story and, gl- and I'm glad that they wrapped up the who is the Wraith thing um, pretty quick. The con would be uh, it wasn't much of a mystery. I would have liked a little more on that front. Um, I I found Randy Robertson's 
comment that all you need to do to shoot video is just point and and, and click, basically, <laughs> which is kind of insulting, I think, because I think there's a little more to it yep. than just uh, – than just videotaping somebody. I mean, this this is something for a professional news agency. This isn't his, you know, like private, you know, makeshift porn movie that he's How, going to be doing however, with her later that night. So, <laughs> however, she's reporting for the Daily Bugle blog, is she not? Okay. And th- from my experience, the newspaper folks that go out and shoot video aren't that as experienced. They they consider it a little bit similar to point and shooting. Is what I get, but they're not well, like you would a not do a very good job if that's what you thought. And honestly, it makes Randy Robertson yeah. look dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole Scooby Doo angle to the revelation that Watanabe <laughs> was uh was the wraith was kind of uh, just it just wasn't handled well. On the other hand, I, I, I rather liked all of Venom's characterization in this issue i have no idea why, why. i why? just thought it was i thought it was funny it made me laugh he's is it because he's so pitiful i mean <laughs> he's, he's i just i just okay okay what so is spider-man this? no no th- this is what won me over spider-man has spent like most of the issue trying to get out of the webbing he gets out of the webbing and 30 seconds later he's back in the webbing and that made me laugh out loud <laughs> Because all I heard in my head was, God damn it! <laughs> so, really? uh, do, you do we want to have this argument again, Zach? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. oh, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I was I was doing my own internal okay. dialogue as well. As, I mean, do you like the Venom character, Bailey? I mean, how, oh, this is such a different right for him. That, Look, basically, Venom really hasn't been a decent character since no. Amazing Spider-Man number 317. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, they overused him. They overexposed him. They tried to make him an anti-hero, which I think is the exact opposite of what that character should be. That's he what they're was, doing again. And Well, but you see, the thing is is that this is this is not him with the symbiote, like the, the symbiote symbiote. <laughs> this is, this is uh, not trying to be Venom at all. Yeah, th- th- this is Eddie Brock with a symbiote-type outfit trying to kind of make his way in the world, which is funny why he's crazy, because I always got the sense that it was the symbiote that made him, like, the wacky, I'm I, I'm David Michelinie, and I really want to write the Joker, <laughs> but I can't, so here's Venom. Oh, my gosh. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> Dang. Grade would be, I would give it a B minus as well. Okay. <sighs> How rare is it that I'm the lowest grade of the podcast again? Uh, D out of me. Really didn't nice. like it. Really didn't Commit like to it. it. I like that, Brad. Um, the, the mystery. Oh, thanks, Kevin. <laughs> the mystery <laughs> of Watanabe was seen. Uh, coming down the road. Uh, Venom is so out of character. Spider-Man did jack besides stick to a wall. <laughs> In a web bag. I mean, uh, and I, I, I don't care. I really, I, 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 and there was one issue this month. I, usually in a month we can be like, oh, this one sucks. What, what do we got next, kids? But no, there's one issue of Spider-Man this month. Well, that's because we had four last month. I know, but what the hell? <laughs> crap, we have four last month. Yeah, we did have Anybody? four last month. But why? 
I don't if you're going to have one it. the next month, why not just hold one? You're only promising two, for God's sake. <sighs> don't, I, the only, I think it's the way the calendar fell, Kevin. I guess. I'm sorry, the calendar cannot possibly fall where two <laughs> a month turns into four one month and one the next. <laughs> the calendar don't change that much. I, I, I listed all my cons. I, what, what I like to do is have a pro, which I insist you guys do also, and you guys have been great doing that. So I'm going to do one pro. I like the part where Jameson is talking about the donated art, and Mr. Lego's, uh, you bastard. Yeah, the, what, what, what was the line? He was... I don't like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastard. I want to personally thank Martin Lee for donating his newly acquired collection of Chinese uh, terracotta warriors to the Metropolitan Museum, providing, proving once again that there's no need to spend your tourist dollars anywhere but in New York, because anything in the world worth seeing ends up here. And Mr. Lee goes, um, and yes, for an exclusive up close and personal experience, buy tickets to one of the private viewings with all proceeds going to help the homeless. Okay, I like. Well, let me let me ask this question in regards to Spider-Man. Uh, Venom tells him that Mr. Lee is Mr. Negative, right? Okay. So Spider-Man's response is, but he's a really nice, rich guy. Well, so is Norman Osborn. And, uh, uh, yeah, jackass. Um, so. Nice. But hey, we don't pay. We don't uh, have our Spider-Man think. We have our Spider-Man react. Very good. All right, D out of me. And we'll end the show right about there. We have two more episodes coming out this month. Before we go, I need to give another shout out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another great deal they have this month is on Amazing Spider-Man number six seventy. In this issue, it spotlights J. Jonah Jameson, the spectacular Spider-Mayor. J.J.J. gets spider powers, and evidently a long-running member of the Spider-Cast has to make the ultimate sacrifice. I have no clue what that means. Anyway, the cover price, $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com.